want to challenge you to go start making plans right now to go next year. Start putting money aside. Start saving. We even have ways we can help you with that. We'll hold money for you. We've done that in the past. Um, we'll, hold, we'll put it in a box in the safe and hold it for you all year long because how many know we need help getting that money out of our hands? Amen? So we've done that in the past, so we're just going to plan for that. And like somebody mentioned, I forgot, uh, I think oh, it was Claudia, that that family's going to come in March. Don't forget, we have our own mini conference that we host here in Denton, Texas. Amen? And they'll be coming from all over to come to our church, so we're, we're excited about that. Well, we we uh we had an awesome conference. It was it was the it really not just to say it the best conference we've ever had, there without a doubt. And our own pastor said that himself, and he's been to lots of them, and uh, so we're excited of what what we're going to begin to put into place. Nothing new, nothing we're not we haven't already known, but we always come back from conference with different uh, strategies, different things we can do. A lot of our people get challenged to get uh, off their lazy seat, amen, and get to work. And start doing some things. Let me get a better amen on that. We get off our lazy seat, amen, and get to work. How many know the harvest is plenty this morning? And we need to get after these souls and get them saved. And so we're going we're gonna to get to work. We're going to have meetings and, and things to put some stuff into place. And if you, if you want to do something in this church, the best way you can stay on fire for God is be involved. Do something. Don't just come to church. Be involved. There's lots of ways to be involved. Find somebody and ask, out, ask how you can, amen. Um, we're going to have an awesome day today. We're so excited to have Pastor Emma with us. I'm going to have him come up in just a second. And uh, tonight we'll have Pastor Poppy. And uh, he, he, he pastors in Moscow, Russia. Amen. And uh, it's going to be exciting tonight. But I am so happy and thankful to have Pastor Emma here this morning. He is one of my dear friends. We were just talking. We've known each other for 17 years. That's a long time. I mean, how many know when you've known someone for 17 years, that's good friendship? Amen. So we, we came in uh, to the fellowship right around the same time. He came in a couple years before me. I think he's a couple years uh, younger than me. Amen. <laughs> he looks it for sure. That's, that's for sure. And uh, he has a beautiful family. And uh, I, I was always amazed by him because uh, he's so smart. Amen. And, and if he doesn't, if you don't think he's smart, how many, how many speak more than one language in here this morning? Let me see. All right. I speak three. Anybody else speak three? All right. There's, 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 all right. Amen. I speak Spanish, English, and tongues. Amen. I have three languages I speak, praise God. So if you want to be bilingual, you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak another language. Amen. It's an awesome, awesome language that the devil can't understand. But this man, I don't know if he has more sense. How many is it? How many languages do you speak, Pastor? Is it six? Six languages. You got to be smart to speak six languages. Amen. And uh, one of the things that just amazed me about him when I met him is that I found out that he's from Congo. And we have Congo, Congolese here this morning. Where is he at, Tony? Over here. Amen. And uh, I, I said, okay, so he's from Africa. And then, and then I was like, that's cool. But then they said, um, where he pastored, and that's when I was like, wait, wait, time out. I don't think I heard that right. So he's from the Congo, but he was pastoring in Russia. You don't hear that too much, amen? And uh, he was there for a lot of years, and uh, we just thank God for his ministry. And then several years ago, he was called by God to leave Russia and to go to Toronto, and now he's in Canada. So he is, he is a missionary this morning, amen? And uh, I don't want to take anything away from he, what he's going to say, but 
I believe he's going to give us a word for Denton, Texas this morning on October 8th of 2017. Amen. How many are ready to receive that word this morning? Amen. Let's give Pastor Emma Mukendi a, D, a VWO. I'm going to get it out. Denton, Texas, welcome this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Thank you. May all the praise be to him. Amen. He always makes me nervous before I start preaching. <laughs> it is true. I remember when uh, we met uh, Pastor Blake and sister. I remember the kids were still small like mine then. And uh, you have a wonderful man of God. And we connected very easily. Actually, he's a generous man. So we took off with the van. We went to Denver, Colorado, KG store suits. Somebody knows that store? Yeah, they, they were having kind of like a, a two suits for some money. But your pastor didn't care about that money. He just said, pick two. And he, I still have that suit, pastor. And I, I actually meant to bring it, and I forgot it. <laughs> It is one of those long, nice suit, American way, and when I put it on, they call me bishop. <laughs> it is so great to be here. Let me tell you something. God is good. If not for God, nobody, nobody like me would stand. It's by his grace. And, and um, I just want to make sure that this morning, before I start ministering, I just would like to thank my angels. How many know that we have angels that care for us? I do have wonderful angels right in this church, in the children's church that pray for me. And Sister Laura came with them, and I had a wonderful picture. And I said, it's going to be on my wall of fame. I have a wall of fame in my office. I will have all those postcards they have written, and I will have the picture in the middle. Thank you so much. I remember every single year I come to the conference, there is always a children's church somewhere praying for me the whole year. And you know what? I don't take it for granted. It's God's grace. And when those kids are praying for me, I know there is a reason. And I would like to really, really thank God for them and for those who are praying for us. This morning, I came with a message. By the way, hello from my wife. She just texted me as I was lost on the way. And she said, how is the meeting? I said, I'm lost. I'm on a highway. So went back to the hotel, printed the address out again. For some reason, a decent car, a decent GPS uh, will not take you north, just takes you south. <laughs> I said, no, 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 we're not giving in. So I turned back and after making some rounds around the interstate uh, at the bridge over there, came back to the hotel. I said, man, I don't trust any more electronic. Print me this thing. So the guy was nice enough to print. First he printed me. Uh, he sent me to Austin, same address. I looked at it, it said three hours and 30 minutes. I said, no, 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 that's too far. <laughs> I better be there in five minutes. <laughs> so he went back to his computer and typed in again, and then he printed the right thing. So I was able to make it. Let us bow our heads. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning, and I give you all the glory that you have brought your children here in this presence to hear from you. God, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Ghost will come and teach us and lead us into your destiny. 
Lord, I pray that every single word that you will put in my spirit to communicate to your people will be given faithfully. God, I pray that this word that is life to us will be life today for somebody. I pray this in the name of Jesus and everybody here says amen. Well, this is a great time as this and I really, really thank God for the conference that has built us up again and we are ready to go. Now, this morning as I've been praying since I found out that I was coming to preach here in the morning, the Lord has placed a specific message in my heart for your church, for your lives. And that message, if I was to give it a title, it will be like a, a curse-breaking anointing or calling. You take it the way you want. Curse-breaking anointing or calling. And you see, God created all we see and we don't see. And we know that he's the creator. Genesis tells us that after God created earth and, and everything we see, and at the end of all, he looked at it and he said, it was very good. Now, how many know that God is still in business of creating? God has not sat back and sit on his uh, uh, rest chair and said, okay, let me rest now. Let them do whatever they want to do. God is still in control. God is today looking at your life, at my life, and he still has some places that he wants us to get to. Now, you know that after God created everything beautifully great, and the Bible says he created man and at his own image. Now, let me do a little bit of a, an illustration here. Let's say we are the only one in the whole galaxy, in the whole universe that are created at the image of God. Some alien somewhere in Mars, I don't know where, they heard the news about a being that are looking like God, the owner of the whole universe. The one who has placed all the Milky Way, galaxy, black hole, whatever you want, everything put together. Now, these aliens, they are marveled about it and they hear that on planet Earth only, there are people, human living, the resemblance of God. Then they decide, let's put all our intelligence together. They call all the professors and all the scientists and they put them together into the uh, work. And they say, let's build that shuttle that will take us down to earth. Now, they leave billions and billions, billions of whatever kilometer light, how they call it. So they cannot get here in one day. So they build that shuttle to make sure that they reach earth, find out how God looks like, how God lives as a man and on earth, how everything is perfect because the word of God says it was very good. So these aliens took the shuttle and they're going through the black hole to make sure they can cut the road and make the shortcut and they're coming and the whole galaxy is moving because they build a wonderful, wonderful shuttle to come down. So finally, they make it after billions of years, whatever it light, how they call it. So they make it on earth, and they ended to land in Denton, Texas. Hallelujah. Now, you see, they have a such curiosity and desire to see God through you and me. 
So they land up and right up in the air, they see these lights and these antennas and all this stuff. And they see with their own eyes and they see oh, there is something he called uh, a technology here too. And they can see us walking and now they approach, they see and they ask what is this city about? And the news on CNN and Fox News. And they start seeing wars in Congo. Wars in, uh, and this rocket man, as he's called, is trying to do something over there. And they go, listen, this is the people of God. This is the resemblance of God. Now, they go to read into all the archive. They find that for the last year in Denton, this is not official. Thousands were killed by people, and there were some murderers. There were some stealings, and there were all kind of evils. And these guys, they go, is this the way God looks like? Something is wrong. This is not the expectation we had about the one who made the whole universe. The Bible says his love, his kind, he gives and he saves and he, he has his grace. But uh, these people who look, who's supposed to be at the resemblance of God, they don't give us that confidence. Now, let me tell you something. When God created everything, he said, it is very good. Then he moves on after the sin and the fall of Adam, the Bible says God cursed the ground. There was a curse that came down and get into the way of the plan of God for man. The first Adam sinned and for that he brought into the humanity a whole curse that things become different. It is not the way God wanted to do. It is not the way God saw it from the very beginning. Now there is some power that is controlling lives of people. And the life is coming into one word. Struggle, suffering, and pain. Thank God that God is not giving up on men. There is hope. That's why this morning when I say I'm going to talk about the curse-breaking anointing of God. It's only God can deliver us. Only God can come and rescue us from the power of struggles and pain and the evil that is taking control in the lives of people today. Now listen, there is a topology I really like in the Bible about Jesus Christ, which is Noah. Please go with me to Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 29 till 31. So you see, I have, I have my glasses, but I, I hardly use them because I still believe that God will heal me to read from far away. Hallelujah. And it's one day I put him on the church, in the church, and they said, oh, pastor, you look like a professor. I said, okay, thank you. I thought I was one. <laughs> well... If you have fun, say amen. The church did not say amen, so we're going to wait. Love is patience. Are you there? Genesis chapter 5. We're reading from verse 29 to 28, actually. Now, you see in this book of Genesis chapter 5, we're having the generations from Adam. And they go on. And you know what? The wonderful thing, you, I would challenge you to read this at home. That is your homework. 
Now, they go from Adam, uh, and they go all these generations, and they got you, you, you'll be amazed the way they lived. Some of them were having the first babies at 157 years, and they lived 900 and plus years. And you will hear all these people living, and, 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 and it gets to this point where there is a man by the name of Lamelech. Now, who is the father of uh, uh, Noah that we know? The Bible says, and Lamelech lived a hundred Eighty and two years and begot a son. And he called him, or he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our land, our hands, because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamelech lived after he begot Noah 590 and five years and begot sons and daughters. And the Bible keeps going. And all the days of Lamelech were 770 and seven years and he died. And Noah was 500 years old and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, I'm stopping on the man for one reason. The name of Noah means something here. The one who will broke the curse. Now, listen. When this old man had his son, I can imagine a father with a dream of having a son that will come through the generation. But he has lived the story. He has seen what people are going through compared to the plan of God. I believe that he had some understanding that uh, our ground is uh, cursed. We cannot walk the ground and get exactly what we expect. Uh, everything is so difficult. Uh, we go here and we don't have the harvest. Uh, and he said, Lord, this is my prayer. I need someone that will come through our generation to break this curse. Now, remember... It is not only someone that can break the curse because the Bible says the Lord had cursed the land. So for you to take the curse from the land, you must be anointed by God, sent by God to break the curse upon the land. So I believe with my whole being that Lamelech was a man of prayer that prayed hundreds of years, praying and pleading with God to send the son that will break the curse so that the generation following could be well. But how many knows that only a God sent anointed can do that? So Noah is a great apology of Jesus Christ. He prayed, and when Noah was born, he gives him the name, the one who will comfort us, the one who will break the curse. Listen, in our lives today, there are things that we think, okay, it's the way my family is. Let me talk to you a little bit about how sometimes we see our generation being repeated in our lives from our grandfathers and this. Now, there is something they call gene, and it is also spiritual. Am I talking to somebody here? There is something that we call gene in science. And that, that, that gene is a part of the spirit. It's something that is passed through generations. In medicine, they say genetic. Now, listen. I do not want to go into the science world. I just want to speak to you spiritually. 
God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross with a purpose. It was to break the curse, not only from now on, but he had to repair. Go back from the very beginning where the first Adam felt. And bring that all in harmony and bring the blessings to the people and the descendants of Abraham. Now, he prayed for the son to come and comfort them. To break the curse for them. How about uh, to go to repair where the, the sin came through Adam? As Paul says in Romans that uh, because the first Adam sinned and was not enough to carry on, we're supposed to have a second Adam, the one who will correct, repair, and make perfect then and up front. That position is what this man saw in the son being born called Noah. And we know how Noah with the ark is a symbol of the church, the people of God. He brings in every single living being in the kinds and he put them together for a new beginning. I'll tell you something. The Lord has put this message in my heart. It was about a few weeks ago before even we were thinking and praying for the conference. And something happened as I was flying away from Congo. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you've been in Toronto for seven years. The eighth year is your new beginning. Now, I am not really fan of all those numbers and things, but I went to learn a little bit and I see that God has a season where he calls it new beginning. And you go through the Bible, you will see that after seven years, God commanded them to rest and enjoy the harvest. And that is a time we call the new beginning. There is a new beginning in the life of each one of us. It can be a season, it can be a specific moment you can recall when God is putting in your way a new destiny, a new vision that you start following easily with God. Noah came into this generation as a new beginning, as a reminder of the type of Jesus to come, who is coming to break all the curses. Now, is it that easy? Of course not. Because God has called us to live with him. As we say, your presence will be always on my lips. Always means always. We praise God and we thank God for everything. Whatever we go through is not the most important thing. But he who is on the throne is our focus. And is where is our subject of our faith. One thing that we need to know is that because of sin, curse came to the land. What is sin today? In the new world, even when the alien came to see what is the man who looks like God, what they could see was sin, killing, stealing, hate, and all kind of this nonsense that is going in our lives today. When we start to change God's plan to the main plan, when we start calling uh, uh, union between two people of same sex, we call that also marriage. And I stand and I say, no, 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 no. My God called marriage something else. You have your United States marriage, but we have the Bible God-given marriage. And it must be accordingly for you to get the blessings of marriage. Now, when Noah was born, something happened. God called Noah to build an ark. 
That is a calling. How many know that it's not just because God said that you're going to see the curse broken, but you've got to walk in the calling of God to see that curse taking path away. In other words, if I was to illustrate this, you see, when Noah was born, he didn't know anything why he has the name. But every time they call Noah, it was a proclamation of the curse to be broken. Every time they called Noah, it was a reminding for Noah to know that uh, I am living for a reason. Now, you and me, we need to understand that there is a calling of God in our lives. I don't know what God told you to do. I can guess what God told Pastor Blake to do. I can see it with my eyes as you sit here. I can dream and see that he has more to come. That is the way on which you have to stand for the anointing of God to cut you off everything else that the devil is sending your way. May you be calling from ancestors to your blood. No, God has cut it off through Jesus Christ. And his blood has cleansed us all from all curses of generations. And the Bible says, if you were cursed, he will bless up to thousand generations. Some of us, we found ourselves called out of a family where there was not even any preachers. I know where God called me from. We were living like all hidden Africans that you can call, especially Baluba. That is my tribe. My dad in a trouble, he will go. Uh, things are difficult. Uh, he will cut a rooster head and he will say something to the ancestors that have died. And he will believe that they're going to protect us. But I like the part of the rooster because I will eat it. It was a good meat. That is what I was brought in. But you see, that is his way. How God in the world will see me in the midst and pull me out and say, you are called. There is a reason. We are not only called. We are the starters of the God's blessing for generation to come. You must believe that God has called you. And if you say yes and amen, there is a reason. Your faith is not only for you. It is for the generation that is following because you have broken it. God has put some anointing to put a stop to the nonsense that was following your linear. God has called you to put a stop to the nonsense of saying, ah, our family is only the most poor. Our family is not significant. Our family is stop because the blood of Jesus has started a new life. You see, all comes in Jesus. I tell people, I don't care who and how you believe, but if Jesus Christ is not the curse breaker, you are nobody. There are people who tell you, okay, I can break. No, 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 no. Not you. There is the anointing. There is the power of God that goes through your life. That is what is very important in our day today's. People are trying to go on the pedestal and on the podiums and pull themselves up and say, we are this and that. I am prophet and this and that. That's not what we're talking about. I want you to know that same Jesus you received, the same who cleansed you from your sins, the one who saved you and made you his child, is the one through you that will break the curse. 
Noah walked 400 years and he was building the ark and people were laughing, but he knew who called him. He saw the vision and God says, you are Noah. He didn't see the laughter. He didn't see how they were mocking him, but he saw the reason in this the, the, the goal of what he was doing, he knew that after the flood, the curse will be broken. There will be a new covenant with God. When Jesus went to the cross, I want you to see this. When Jesus went to the cross and he went through Gethsemane where he was praying and crying. And we know that uh, when the Bible is giving a little bit of details of what happened in Gethsemane, one of the most most powerful moment is when he prays to the level of his sweat transforming and coming out like blood. You know that scientists has tried to explain what happened. They said, you know, in a very intense nervous situation, the capillary or whatever in the blood can block and then the blood can come out. Okay, whatever. But the truth is there is a blood that cries better than the blood of Cain. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Even on those knees in Gethsemane, he saw the humanity being delivered. He saw the blood being washing all over. And that blood had to cry out with his sweat and his crying and his praying. That blood came out to testify that there is a better blood that cries out more than the blood of Cain. Or Abel, I'm sorry. Listen one thing here. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, all the pain and all the beatings and everything that went through, the Bible says he saw that like seeing far beyond what is the multitude of people that he's going to bring to his father. That is the reason why he went through. In our calling, if you want to walk in the anointing that breaks the curse in our lives, you must be willing to go through a little bit of a suffering. For others. You see, when God called you, sometimes you may face that uh, enmity from your own, of your own family. Sometimes it could be your friends. Sometimes it could be even the people you were expecting to support you in the decision to follow Jesus. But they turn around and they be against you. Remember, that is the beginning of the breaking of the, the curse. When the Bible says God cursed the land, what is the land? The ground is the, produ the production factor. It is the only way that uh, men had to labor, get crops, and eat, and, and, and do whatever he did. And even today, you have a land, you're good. The land is a factor that God gives to men to produce. Now, if it is cursed, that means there is no production. And that's why Lamelech cried. He cried. Now, let me wrap up here. God has a plan for our lives. He has a plan to give you a good wife, a good husband, good children, good job, good ministry, everything good. Because from the beginning, he said, everything is very good. Now, why do we struggle to get all of this? Why do we have to work? I wish I could just sit at home and get, get my salary come in. Kicking the account and just because the Lord loves me. Hallelujah. What do we have to labor? What do we have to go outreach to get people in the church? What, what do we have to do this? If we have the breaking and the curse breaking anointing of God, everything should be simple. What do we have to fight for them? 
And we call it fixed fight. <laughs> God wants us to work. God wants us to appreciate him no matter what. One of the things that keeps me going all these years is this. I have tried and strived myself to make sure that I can love God no matter what. You want to hit me hard? I won't turn back and run. I will stand and say, Lord, help. Because he is the God that holds it all together. Look at the Bible. Noah, it was not easy to finish the work and the calling that the Lord gave him. But when that boat, that ark, landed in Ararat, it was a different story. There was a new beginning with a rainbow in the sky. The Lord had a new covenant to not destroy the world again the same way he did. God had hoped that he starts a new beginning with Noah and the generation to follow. The devil hated it. He didn't want that generation to come. The devil fought from that time until the Lord Jesus Christ was born. The devil didn't give himself any rest because he knows that when the anointing of God is working in your life, everything he tries and plans will be defeated. You don't have to fight for it. It just step into the realm of the anointing and the calling of God and let God do the rest. Matthew 6.33 says it. What is first? The kingdom of God. The anointing that breaks curses. The anointing that keeps us going comes through the love and the ministry in the kingdom of God. This morning I have three things to say. That is my GPS still sending me to church, right? <laughs> three things that I would like you to remember in my preaching today. One, God loves you. And he calls you. The second, step out and walk in the anointing of God. It is very easy sometimes to think that only pastors and preachers and, and, and those who are leading the worship or the children's church are the one God has called. Do you know that God called you this morning for you to sit right where you are today? You took time this morning, you prepared yourself, and you walked into the house of the Lord in the presence of the saints, and you are worshiping together. That is a calling right there. That smile you give to somebody who was confused as you go, and you just say, God bless you, and that person had a nice day. That is a calling. We're not just living into the midst of this nonsense of news that has blackened the really humanity with hate and wars and all these things happening. But we are set apart called a different people called by God. The church of God has a calling to step out and outstand all other nonsenses that we see here. Only if we walk in the anointing and the calling of God, then we can stand and live the hope that the Lord has placed through us in this world. We are the hope of the world because they do not know God, but they can see the people of God. Jesus told his disciples, if you have loved one another, then they will believe that you are my disciples. They don't know God, but they can see God through you. We don't want to wait for aliens to come from Mars to see and marvel us about the creature of God. But you have them around every day. 
as we hit the highway, as we go to work and to schools, they look at you, they say, you are a Christian? I don't want to see that God. I want to see that God through you. We don't want them to think that uh, there is no hope. The Bible says we are the hope of the world. Even the, the creation is waiting the appearance of the sons of God and daughters of God. Let us live up to the calling of God. For you to see that anointing step out of yourself and start acting around. You need to lift yourself up and live up to that anointing. And then allow God to use you. Let me tell you something. I, I can't never ever forget this. When I came to the Lord in the African country of Zaire then. 1988. That is when I started ministering to the Lord. Everybody who came to me said, Emmanuel, you know, God is calling you to be a preacher. I said, no, 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 no. Don't tell me the stuff of preachers. I had my dreams. And I've, I, I was dreaming high. I wanted to be the one who signed the money of the country. My vision was to become a governor of the Central Bank of Zaire. And I was studying and making sure that I will go that way. But you know what? When they tell me you're going to be a preacher, I said, no, 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 no. No, don't tell me those stuff. I'm just going to be a good Christian. I'll be a donation. I'll give donation to the preachers. Pastor Andrew, come and here's your money. Go. Who else? And uh, just give money. And God, one day, took me in the morning, early morning as I was praying, getting ready. And then God spoke to me, very, very gentle voice in my spirit. I didn't hear. It was in my spirit. It says like this, I don't need your money. I said, what? God, I need you. I don't need your money. That is when I took it serious. I look around. It was the wall in my room. There was nobody there. And I was really, really fearful. I came out for a minute. And then I came back into my room and keep praying. And that day, that morning, I wrestled with God. My auntie came out from the marketplace. It was already 12. I was still on my knee crying out to God, praying, and all around me was the sweat, the water all over from the praying and groaning. And at a certain moment, I realized that was the day the Lord had put his hand in my life. That was when I said, yes, Lord, I don't need to give you my money. Do whatever you want to do with this hidden man. And from that day on, two years later, I found myself in Moscow, Russia. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful adventure of life. 15 years later, here I took off from Russia and I went to Canada. Let me tell you something. It takes God's grace first and the little obedience of me to stick with him. God has been faithful. And I realized that uh, it is not because I did something or somebody did something, but because there was something that God released years, years, years before. And he said, I will send the anointing that breaks curses. I would say stuff like, I will start in Europe. My aunt will say, who of your family has ever gone to Brazzaville across the river? I will say things like, I know I will not study in Kinshasa. I will go to Europe to study. Who is going to pay for your ticket, you poor family? You know what? Maybe the Lord was telling me that wherever they say you can't, but with me it is possible. If they say never, never, nobody has done it, you think, mm-hmm, this is an opportunity. 
there is no doubt today in my family. My auntie is still alive. And when I visited in July, she said, do you still remember how you were bragging? You were still in the third grade. I was here. It will be like eighth grade. And he will say, junior high. He will say, I was telling them I will study in Europe four years before even I go to the university. So, do you still remember when you say you're going to marry a white? And she was telling me to stop. And I said I will marry a white when I was five years old. That is not me. I believe it was God reminding and telling you something that will happen later. And people will look back and say, it's true. Noah lived his life being mocked and did everything he did because he had the vision of God told him to do. He heard the name his father gave him was to break the curse. And to break the curse, everything that was cursed must be destroyed. And that's why God used Noah. And God brought Jesus Christ for all humanity to stand in him and get the blessings of Abraham and go forth and be fruitful. This morning, my brother, my sister, don't despise the calling of God in your life. It is the very anointing that breaks all the yokes and the curses of life. I don't have time to go into all those kind of genetic genes that have been passed into through us. You see, curse can come many ways. It can be genetic. You can do nothing. It was given to you through your blood. Maybe my ancestor somewhere was cutting not only the rooster's head and he was even talking to the devil. I don't care. But the Lord has rescued me. Now, you see, when you step into the anointing, those things that flew and came through the blood of your linear are cut off. Because in Christ Jesus, every curse, generational, is cut off. We live in a spiritual world as well. We walk in the street and you never know what kind of battles the Lord is battling for you. As some people are going around, some devil worshiper throwing bad curses on people. They do it through many ways. Let me tell you one of the most things that the devil is using today to get a curse in the life of young people through pornography. Do you know that if you look back in the history, sexual immorality and all the sexual sins are always attached to a worship of the devil? No wonder why you see Hollywood is full of divorce and marriage and this and that, affairs and that. Because when you worship the devil, sex is one of the ways he uses to introduce all the demons of destruction into the lives of people. And there are people who believe that if you have sex with a younger girl, you get all her future in yourself. And they believe in worship the devil to do so. And we tell people it is not a joke. It is not only a pleasure. It is a sexual bandage that the devil is putting on you to steal your blessings. Guess what happened? Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 or 6, he says about sexual immorality being a sin that not only devout yourself, vow God and yourself. It profanates your body. And if you come together with a prostitute, he says, you become one with him. So that spirit is in you. So you are completely destroyed. So stay away. Say the truth. And that's why we believe in this church, in this fellowship, that uh, if you live with somebody, you better get married. 
I don't, I don't know if pastor has any problem helping people to be married officially here. We believe in it and he will do it. If the Lord is speaking to you tonight, this morning and asking you to make your thing right with God, you make it right. There is an anointing on the way that he will break all the curses and all these things, all these struggles and all these yokes will be broken. When Jesus Christ stood on the cross and he was beaten and we know all the scenario, how it went by. One thing I want you to see is that he looked up and said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. You better forgive. Thank you, sister, for that testimony. You are stepping into the reign of the anointing of God that will start breaking in your life every single generational curse that followed. And God going to open doors because when you forgive, you release. And when you release, God takes hold of you. Remember, because when you're releasing, you are taking that Lord that was holding you. Now you are light with your Lord Jesus Christ to go with him where he wants to take you. You watch out. If there is any bitterness, any spirit of unforgiveness, anybody, anybody you hold in your heart that you think is not deserving any of your forgiveness, you better forgive. Because I came here this morning to tell you, after you do so, you are stepping in the calling and the anointing that breaks the curses. God is good. God is good. Now he says, forgive them, Lord, because they don't know what they're doing. Yes, he knew exactly why they were doing that to him. He, that's why he went on the cross. You may be called today maybe to look at what they did wrong to you or what they are doing wrong to you. I'm here this morning to let you know it is with a reason. Say, forgive them because they don't know that I carry the anointing that will break the curse of this generation. No wonder why the devil targets you and me. He knows that we are the world changers. The true world changers are those who are carrying the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you bow your head with me this morning? I want to round up here. As I was praying this morning before I even text pastor, I said something. I said, we're going to pray heaven now. Now, how many know that God is here and he's in our midst today, this morning? One thing I would like to do this morning is to take time and pray. That's why my message is going to be a little bit short. I believe that the Spirit can minister to you more than all these words I can speak and yell and shout from this pulpit. You know yourself better. You can look back and see, and the Spirit of God knows even better what is what. If you are in this place, and this message this morning, and you feel like, yes, I can look in my family. I can see that. I can see that. Yes, none of us has gone beyond that. I can tell you for sure the Lord is showing you a specific spot where the curse must be broken. You will take off and go beyond what you never seen in your family. I was talking to uh, my dear beloved pastor, Alan Patterson, who was uh, doing one of the workshops at the conference about the finances. And he said, in my family, we always rented. Nobody has ever owned a house. Now, when they told him, let, go, come on, let's get, buy a house. He was laughing. He said, what? Buy a house? I don't just rent. Now, you see, 
there are things that need to be broken by the anointing of God because God wants to step you up into a new dimension. You look at those things that they said you cannot do it. You know how many parents curse the children by telling them, you'll never be anybody. You'll be nobody you. In my culture, parents will say stuff like that. What would you guys do for me? You, can't do, you, you will do nothing. You will be nobody. Well, some of us have heard those curse in the words like that, negativity and all these things. And all our life we're trying to take off and those words are sounding in us. And we think it's too late. No, it's not too late. I'm here this morning to tell you, God sent me specifically here to tell you that it is still possible. I want you to vision what they said you can't. And God is going to show you in a few months that it is possible. He's going to do it. Because God is in the business of establishing himself as the God of possibility. We have to put our faith in him. It all starts by a simple decision to surrender to the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ who died on the cross and who delivered us from all sins and who wants us to live a free, holy life and step onto the anointing forever. If all over this place you hear this message and you say, Pastor Mukendi, I would like for you to pray for me. I want to get closer to the God and maybe you have not made your decision to follow Jesus. You have not prayed and asked for God to forgive your sin before. And this is an opportunity all over this place as all of our heads are bowed down and we are just in the presence of God. I would like to give you an opportunity here all over this place. If you can tell me, Pastor, I'm a sinner. I don't know if I will die tonight. I don't know if I will see God. And, and you want to be sure that today God can forgive your sin. I would like you to just slip your hand up and put it down. We will pray with you today all over this place how many will say yes pastor that's me all over this place how many you can just slip that hand up and put it down thank you put it down thank you for that second hand up. thank you lord hallelujah how many more will say yes pastor mckinney pray with me i'm not sure i'm lost i never i i have not even asked god to forgive my sin yet because i, I fear coming into his presence and maybe some other people may say, yes, right now I'm in a bad shape. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worthy. Uh, uh, you backslid him. You were so great about the things of God and then suddenly you lost that vision. But the Lord this morning is reminding you that uh, he had called you and you want to make peace with God. You want to return to your father and say, God, forgive me. Here I am again. And you want to make your way back to God. I want you also to slip the hands up and just put it down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord all over this place. You want to make peace with God. You have been with God, but you, you feel like this morning the Lord is calling you back to Him. You feel like you're backslidden in some ways, but you want to make your thing right with God. Just slip the hand up and we will pray. Hallelujah. Yes, bless you, Jesus. Yes, I see the hands. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now let us all stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The sister who raised your hands, I want you to step out. And brother, can you come forward? Those who raised their hand for the first time, please come. We're going to pray with you. You see, Jesus called people publicly. It's not to embarrass them, but it's to testify your faith. Please step up, my sister. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
praise you, Lord. Hey, hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. tell you something, brothers and sisters. There are moments in life that starts new things. We're going to pray for our sisters as we pray all together. Let's say, Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning for calling me. I bow before you as my king, my Lord, and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins. And now today, I hit a new start. As I go, Lord, I know you will help me. You will stand with me. And you will help me win victories. And I will see new life come through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray all together again. Just lift up your voice and just thank God for this soul that he's adding to his kingdom. Lord God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word that calls people. We thank you for the spirit that speaks into heart. God, I pray that my sister will stand and see your goodness in his, her life, Lord. As she steps up and she goes out of this place, she will be changed completely. She will see new things coming through her life, Lord. And I pray, God, for your protection. Give her strength and let her grow in you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Now we're going to pray now for the calling of God in your life. You see, heavens is down here. And the Holy Spirit is going to use each one of us. God, who is longing to have fellowship with us, is doing so in one purpose, to touch those around you. When God called Israel, it was not to make Israel the only nation on earth and all other nations to be killed. No. He called Israel as a firstborn nation so that all other hidden nations will look at Israel and love and worship the God of Israel. It never been to make somebody better than others. No, 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 no. That is our own fantasy. God loves every man. Wherever he does, the will of God, God shows no favoritism. God has no partition, no thing. He calls every man, wherever they are, from where they are, as long as they are human beings, God calls them. To this morning, I was thinking, should I pray for everybody? But who am I? The Spirit of God is here, amen? We're going to pray. We're going we're to pray heaven down. And we're going to say something together here. Lord, the anointing that breaks the curse is in you. We're going to go up and we're going to make ourselves available to God. And we're going to help God reach this world through us. God going to call some people here to do something they've never done before. 
Maybe there will be a great commitment that you never had before. You're going to feel like every day God is pulling you to go to church. You're going to minister to somebody. You better be obedient. You will see things changing. You see, God's going to call you in the middle of the night to stand up and pray. You better do so. You will see difference in your life. You will see something that you were doing with friends suddenly becomes like you don't want to do it anymore. Yes, God is going to step up in your life. Not tomorrow, starting today. Because I believe, and I believe this is a message for the church in Denton. You guys have a lot to do here. And God has seen a lot. And as I was being lost, I said, it's big. This place needs to get God's favor through you. Let us raise our hands. Hallelujah. Please pray with me and then we will all pray together. Say, Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for calling me, for the anointing that you have placed in me that is to break the generational curse, that is, is to give me a new start that is not held by anybody but you God leading me to my destiny in the victory of the Holy Ghost Heavenly Father I promise today I will strive and do my best to listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost to be obedient until I see you face to face. Heavenly Father, here I am. Take me. Use me to your glory. Let me be a, a, an instrument in your hands. Do with me what you want to do, Lord. And give me your heart to forgive, to love, and to go search for this lost Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just start praying and thank God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, and we give you glory. We give you glory because you are the good God. Lord, that you have broken the curse of generations many years ago for many of us. Now, as this morning we remember about this, Lord, I pray over this church. Oh, God Almighty. Let there be increase, Lord. Let there be your multiplications and blessings to flow through this place. Lord, let this place be like Bethel, the place you come down and up, the place of your presence, Lord. Let every word preached in this place build up for the specific anointing that your people will be released in this world and to be the marvelous reflectors of your glory. Lord, I pray for Pastor and his family. Lord, you know what are the needs and I just lift them up. I lift my brother and his family completely, Lord, into your presence.